Listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. And we're back live in St. Peter's Old Hickory Golf Club, site of the Maryville University Golf Outing, Midday Grind. Martin, Charlie, Jimmy Hewer coming to you on this Monday. A little soggy out there right now. What's new, right? Rain in St. Louis. They literally couldn't rain on our parade. Remember that old expression? They tried to. Right as I drove in, I hear the horn. Like, I ruined it. I don't know if it was my fault, but the second I parked the horn. It's you. It's you. No more golf. But I'm saying over the weekend, they didn't rain on our parade. Right. The weather on Saturday was a bit like the season. Oh, this is terrible. This is crappy. And then, wait a minute. It actually turned out just fine. And with that, we bring in the athletic director at Maryville University, Lonnie Folks. Lonnie, good to see you. Thank you very much. It's good to be on with you guys. The Thank you for being the, here. The golf is over, right? This is, And you know what? When you come to a charity event, fundraising, you're like, as long as I play a little bit of golf, get a little something to eat, I'm good. You guys got some nine holes in? Well, the good thing is most of the people got through nine holes, maybe ten holes. And, and you're right. The people that come out, they want to play, but they want to come out to support the cause that they're doing. And so we're happy that the people came out to support us. We had a lot of alums that were here. We had some of our Maryville Hall of Famers that were here. A lot of our vendors, a lot of our partners were here. So it was still a good day. I like the 9 a.m. tee off because it's not crack of dawn. You, you Get a little coffee, get out there and play. And then when you're done, it's 1, one thirty. It's not because some of these will take – it really absorbs an entire day. I tell you what, we played last year, and last year was the first year we moved it early. We used to tee off at 1 o'clock. And last year at 9.45, it was about 94 degrees. So people were very appreciative <laughs> that we played in the morning, that's for sure. All right, we know your story. Played sports at Maryville, left, came back. You've been the AD there. What, about a year and a half now you've been A little back? bit over a year now. A little over a year now. What did you think about this job, and what have you learned since taking the job, since you came back? The great thing is that I, I've learned a lot. You know, people came back, and I came back, everybody like, Lonnie's back, Lonnie's back, because I had a 16-year stint there before several years ago, and I'd been coming back as an alum and being involved in a lot of things and, you know, trying to connect people. But being on the job and on the clock, I really learned a lot about our staff and about our team. But we had what I would consider, especially for my first year, I was very, very pleased for how we turned out. We we were looking at, we measure, obviously, winning isn't everything, but I tell people it's in the top five, though. And so <laughs> and so we want, we want to do well. And we've been finishing, we've been finishing in the conference totals. There's 15 schools in our conference. And for the last couple of years, we were hovering around 10th or 11th. And I said, look, I want to challenge us. And so we had our end of year meetings before the season was over. And I said, for next year, we want to be in the top five. And a year after that, we want to be in the top three. And we want to maintain, if we're in one of the top three teams in this conference, we're having a great year because there's some unbelievable programs in there. And this year we finished sixth in the conference, which is the highest we've ever finished. We had two conference champions uh, in golf and men's soccer, you know, and gone on and did well in enough of our other teams. Our women's basketball team made the conference tournament after not being it last year. Our men's lacrosse team was ranked at some point during the uh, during the season. So it was a very, very good year. You know, uh, we had one of our female golfers advance to the tournament. We had a diver do well. So it was a good year, and I think that we have better things on the horizon. You're obviously an academic institution first and foremost. I know Dr. Lombardi believes in that as well. But I do think, and we've talked about it with the Blues and the collective euphoria and a town gets behind it, I would think for the university, any extra pub headline that you get because of sports or even on campus, if something's going well and you got a big game that night, 
it has the ability to just kind of lift people up a little bit. One of the things that, that's really, really impressed me since being back is that, and you look at it and it's like, look, if we're not graduating students, we're not doing our job. However, and the university believes in that, but they also, this president in particular, and I think a lot of presidents do, but our president in particular put so much emphasis on our sports teams doing well. We're building a lot of academic buildings, but we're also building a lot of athletic facilities. We're finishing up a facility that's going to open in August that's going to be home for our men's and women's lacrosse team. We're going to have a softball field on there. We're going to have locker rooms for those teams. And we have other plans in the future to add another field house to do some growth. So we're still growing our athletics program. We're going to add a couple more programs. We have, so we're talking about the Blues. Last year, we fielded our first ever club men's ice hockey team. And that went over so well that we're going to add a second team this year. And we're going to play in a new complex that's being built as we speak down in Chesterfield Valley. And we've already made the announcement and hired a coach to who's going to recruit for this year. And then in the fall of 2020, we're going to add our first ever women's ice hockey team as well, club team as well. So we're doing – so that's doing well, and we're getting that support. Lonnie, I was just going to ask you about that. How important is just the facilities arms race in college athletics? Because anytime we go to Maryville to do a story for Fox 2 or radio broadcast, you do have these beautiful fields and sports complexes. And, I, and I'm guessing getting players, that's very important when they come and see the place and go, man, I'd love to play here. We play one of our conference schools in men's soccer, and it's a storied program that's been very, very strong for several, several years. The coach has been there for probably 30, 35 years. After the game was over, I see him running toward me. We had beat him, and I thought, oh, boy, here we go. He came up to me, and he stuck his hand, and he goes, this facility that you just built is incredible. He goes, I don't know how we're going to recruit against you anymore because we added that new great pavilion on the top of our soccer field, and this coach has been around forever and has won has won at the highest level, came up to me. He came running after me. It's frightened me a little bit. And he's <laughs> like, look, what you guys are doing with this facility is incredible. He goes, I don't know how we're going to recruit against you in the future. So it's very, very important. And, again, our president, Dr. Lombardi, believes in that. He's got an unbelievable vision. I believe that we have the right coaches in place that are going to help us to continue to crescendo and do well. And I'm just thrilled to be a part of it and try to stay out of the way and let the coaches do their thing. Where do your student athletes come from primarily? St. Louis, of course, Illinois, but how, how far is the reach? We have a student athlete from every state in the country, and I believe every state in this country, and I believe 30 foreign countries right now. Really? So we, we get recruits from all over the place. But we still, look, we are, we want to be known as one of the top universities, not just in the country, but, but especially in this region. And so getting local kids to come out and support us really, 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 really means a lot to us. And so we, we put a lot of emphasis on that. Right, what's the hardest part of your job? You're the athletic director. It's a great, glamorous position. People like Frank Kuzman <laughs> are texting you all the time. But what's, what's the hardest part of your job? Is it finding the right coach? Is it raising funds? Is it dealing with alums? What, what, what's the difficult part? Well, it's definitely not dealing with alums. I, I, if I have a value that I bring to university, it's, it's – that I have the ability to deal with alums and, you know, and, and just by accident, I went out and I wanted to reach out. Even when I wasn't working here, I come into town as I see, as I see Trent Toon over here to my left, one of our alums uh, coming out and always trying to connect with people and do those things. So that's one of the fun part of my parts of my job, getting to do that. It's still, I believe that one of the most difficult things in college athletics is still dealing with the expectations that the parents have for their for their young sons or daughters you know and that's and no to, different than the high school coaches who hear it about you know hey your team won but johnny didn't get in the game and your team won but sally didn't score a goal and 
it's, it's I, I, that's <laughs> what we, that's what we hear all the time. We covered ten games, but you didn't come to my kid's game. It's it's a, it's tough, and it's it's interesting because what happens now when back when I played, you know, whatever was in season, that's what we played. You know, I mean, during hockey season, we didn't have ice in the city in St. Louis, but we played street. We'd go outside and we'd play street. So whatever was in season, that's what we played. But now, by the time these young children are 10 or 11 years old, they're specializing. So they're like, well, I'm going to play ice hockey, you know, in this time and then I'm going to go on a travel team and go through this. And so the kids are specializing in sports, and the parents are putting a lot of emphasis on this when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. And, and look. We're trying to get the best of the best. And so even if you got an unbelievable high school team, you know, a lot of those kids are coming from the club background. Well, colleges aren't going to go out to, you know, to Ladue High School and say, we want your whole team to come to Maryville. You know, they're going to take one. Of, and so if you don't, if, if they don't make it, they're wondering. And, and there's a lot of pressure on the coaches before they get to us because mom and dad think that little Junior, little Sally, or Bobby should be <laughs> the starting whatever it is because we've invested and we, we've hired a coach. We hired a club coach. Do you think that's a good thing, just the, the specialization? Because it seems like it's happening so much younger now. And I'm 37, but in the last, like, 20 years, it seems to have really amplified even more when I was a young kid. I'm just wondering, I mean, how many kids love one sport when they're eight but they get to be 15, they realize they're actually better at a, at a different sport they don't love as much. And that happens all the time, it seems. This is going to seem blasphemous for me because I make my living because kids play college, but I'm not a big fan of it. You know, I always said, I said, if I were king of the universe for a day, whatever's in season, the kids would play until they're maybe a sophomore in high school. And then you can start to see, you can start to, you know, see what your interests are because, because now, now, it works out for for a number of the kids, they go in and they get and they get their scholarships. They go in and do great things. But we also have a number of kids that our coaches are recruiting that can play at the Division II level. And by the time they graduate, they're like, I don't know if I want to play anymore. You know, it. it I mean, what we had last year, like not this past season, but the season before, we had the conference player of the year in basketball on our team. He was on our campus, and when he came back to school at Maryville, he wasn't sure that he wanted to play. They had to talk. I think they convinced him to play, and he ended up being conference player of the year. <laughs> Lonnie folks joining us here. He talked about being the king of the world. He wanted to just be Frank Cusimano for one day. He wanted to be the <laughs> we king all do. We all Lonnie, do. thanks for having us out here today. You guys made the – once again, you made the right call because it's raining right now. Yeah. Just head on into the clubhouse and celebrate Maryville. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Lonnie, Lonnie. Thanks for being here. Lonnie right. folks, athletic director at Maryville University. We're live at their golf outing here. And if I'm not, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to just do a little brainstorm. I think Trent, is he the Barney's guy? That's it. That's Charlie Tuna's buddy from, from Barney's Barbecue. Yes. Hanging with us on the balcony. All right. Texters. I did mention this earlier. We wanted your parade thoughts. 855-282-8255. 855-282-8255. Your takeaway from the parade, whether you were there, whether you're watching it on TV. And is this idea that maybe it can somehow bring a city together, or if nothing else, I think being, maybe be a springboard to get things done. I don't know. It's probably a little Pollyanna, but I think you see some collective euphoria to get you thinking bigger picture. Great sponsor this hour is Appliance Discounters. They have seven locations. The newest in the Maplewood, Richmond Heights area, right off of Cleet Station Road, Deer Creek Plaza. That is the one that features the art of appliance. Unique, bold colors for your appliances available at that newest location. It's only been a couple of weeks now since they opened. But seven area locations for all your appliance needs. If it's GE, Frigidaire, Samsung, LG, 
These are all the big names in the appliance world. Get them at the lowest prices. That's what Appliance Discounters has been all about since day one, and you can find them on the web at theappliancediscounters.com. Keep mentioning that Pujols is in town this weekend. We should probably mention, you know, Mike Trout's on that team too. I mean, I, the Ohtani. focus. That's a pretty good. <laughs> there's some pretty good star power rolling into town. I'm shocked it's not a Fox game on Saturday. It is the Sunday night baseball game, as it probably should be on ESPN. It was not originally listed that way. You would think when they look at a, a you know summer series networks, Pujols, St. Louis, you would think they'd all be all yeah. over it. But it is not a network game until Sunday night. I don't know who does the research on this. Maybe one of those fine producers at Fox Sports Midwest. But I'm wondering, in recent years, I'm sure you can time these ovations. So who got the longest one? I'm guessing Freeze when he came back. How long was that? And and I just I, I want to hear from the textures. Like, how long do you think the Albert ovation will be? I mean, are we talking five minutes? Five's really long. It's a long time. That's but Yachty, a lot of time. but Yachty's his boy. Yachty is going to go out and have a mountain visit, right? And just let Albert he soak this all would. in. So maybe five minutes is too long. I'd like to know the freeze. I'd like to know the first freeze ovation when he came back to kind of gauge it. It's oh, a great question. Like the Taguchi one was ridiculously long because yeah. it's so Taguchi, even though we love him. Yeah, it's it's going to be epic. I think there'll be a little bit of I'm sure fan interviews going in that day. Anybody that still holds any. You know, negativity. I think that's all kind of past. It's been so long. Um, God, to put a number, you're like the Vegas guy. I wonder what they would set the three thirty over under at. I mean, even two minutes is a long time for an ovation. That's a great Vegas question, Chuck. Why don't you investigate? I'm that? googling David Free's ovation to see if we can get a, a time on that. I th- you know, Bob Ramsey was sharing a story when Richie Allen first came here. He said. The ovation for him on opening night was like two. It was fairly long. It was, and that was his first game. What's the average national anthem like? Two minutes, ten seconds. Yeah, two, I mean, I so you think that. about what that length feels like when they do the anthem. Do, 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 you're like, okay, okay, longer than that. So yeah, I'd say the two and a half minute range. I, I might set the over under two and a half, but. I guess the answer is we're not. What was who cares? Right? We is re- that, Chuck is the answer. Who cares? No, because I'm curious. Okay, you about want to put this. money on it? No, I'm just interested. The, the only one I remember what was it? Ozzy's. Remember when he on his farewell tour? He had a couple that were pretty long in everybody else's ballpark. I mean, there was a couple that were about a minute long on the road. But I, I, I would say. It'll probably be the longest two, ovation yeah, in I, recent memory. How about that, Charlie? That's a good pacifier. Done in recent. Memory. All right, time now for a little thing we do called the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Martin, do you want to dispute the teams or the cities that have had four? Well, here's eight the of thing. them have done it. Okay, St. Louis that, is now the eighth. I agree with okay. this dispute. Though. I find this number hard to believe. So you say, what city has won? I'm thinking Super Bowl, World Series, NBA title, and a Stanley Cup. And I'm saying, okay, Boston has done that. Yes. Philly has done that. New York, L.A., Chicago. So I'm at five. St. Louis has now done that. I'm at six. So I was laying in bed the other night, and I was literally going, now Seattle, no, no, Houston's won a bunch of stuff. No, they never won the Super Bowl. Let's see, and I'm going, I'm like, Detroit's never won the Super Bowl, so they're out. Cincinnati, Cleveland don't have hockey and the NBA. I'm going all around, and I'm like, I can't get 
higher than six. So I'm wondering, is it NFL championships? Yeah, here are the cities. Eight have done it. They've won a championship in all four major sports. New York, L.A., Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Okay, what about baseball for D.C.? Uh, Did the Senators win a World Series title back in the 20s, probably? I I see D.C. has not won all. they a newer franchise, the Senators even? Weren't they like the 60s? They kind of came and won a couple times, and then they got the Expos. I I dispute this because Washington has never won, unless they're counting Baltimore, and that doesn't count. Okay, so I'm taking that one off. Dallas has never won a World Series. So name some huge The Washington Senators won the 1924 World Series. They beat the New York Giants in seven games. All right, I'm not counting that. How are you? <laughs> and then the city. Also, Detroit's on there, correct? Yeah, Detroit's on there. Yeah, that's an NFL, not champ- dispute that's an that. NFL championship. No. Not a Super Bowl. Just no. Like, is, is the L.A. one not an NFL Look, championship? Look, if we're counting the St. Louis Hawks as an NBA championship a- in the 50s, then I'm just saying the Lions NFL championship also counts. We cannot split hairs here. We can't count ours because the title of the title has remained the same over the decades. But doesn't that take, that's LA, doesn't that take L.A. out of the running? Because none of the teams actually won when they were L.A. teams? They well, won the Raiders, no, the Raiders won the Super Raiders Bowl when they were, yeah. when they were in Los Angeles. Year, yeah. Right. Yeah, so they won. So we can't split hairs. Just, just celebrate the fact that we're one of eight cities that have done it. Okay. Yes, we can. But, one of six. I mean, Martin's, like, Martin's becoming <laughs> yes. like a Charlie Marlowe pick-to-click guy here with the uh, – <laughs> Hey, 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 last, hey, dopes, last Wednesday, on the air with you guys at the garden, walking around, and you said, give me a pick to click, and I said, hold on, let me go clear this with Charlie. I said, I'm going with Shen. Well, it was we a third had, goal, it wasn't that important. We just had Bernie Federko, Hall of Famer, knows more about hockey than us. He said the Shen goal was by far the biggest of the game. Yeah, there were two Done. nothing. Done. Right. But the pick to click was Bennington. Sealed the deal. Nobody was better than Bennington. No, but Bennington, didn't, but you, Bennington you didn't get a him. shutout, Chuck. You you made that uh, you, you, you made that clause. Seven, I'm gonna allow it. You can't you can't pick the guy, hey, I picked uh I picked Tarasenko. He had an assist. Like See, you can't all, do that. All politics are local. Everybody changes their own rules. And That's standards. true. That is. I don't count the Detroit championship. I don't count the Senators World Series because it's too long ago. But how but can I you do, count the Hawks? You have to I walk me through Because that. I live in St. Louis. Oh. Because they beat the Celtics. Said it's okay. It was legit. They beat, they the, beat Celtics. the Celtics. I didn't know the Senators were around that long. Back in the 20s? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I'd, I'm not counting I'll have to go one. back. Pick up a book. Pick up a book. Ramos hey, pick up a book. I'll check it out on my phone. Uh, did you see the O.J. Simpson tweet? His I video, on, the first I think it one. Was, on, was it on Saturday? I was at the parade. My phone was going out. And one of the last things I got, some group text, and it sent his tweet. Did he say, like, I'm going to set the record straight or something? Well, he said, I'm going to pull it up here uh, real quick. Here's LJ's first tweet. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there, so this one. At the real OJ32 is the only official one. So this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. OJ Simpson saying, I got a little getting even evening to do. You got away with double murder. Terrifying. And I am sincerely concerned, genuinely, because I like this guy. I'm concerned about this gentleman right here. And there's Charles Woodson. How about that? And what a season he had. Great, Manny. He became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case... <laughs> all bets are off. 
Norm MacDonald made a Saturday Night Live career on Weekend Update on mocking the O.J. Simpson trial. He had the great line after the verdict that said, murder is officially legal in the state of California. And I am, I'm just thinking, Norm, kind of active on Twitter, does a weird thing where he posts sport updates on games like an hour and a half after it happens. Still be watching the baseball game in the eighth inning, and Norm is doing play-by-play the fifth, I guess, when he's watching the game. I'm kind of worried about Norm's well-being moving forward now that O.J. has, quote, some getting even to do. Boy, those are words you don't want to hear from O.J. <laughs> because it came out on Saturday, I thought this was going to be the weirdest, most surreal day of my life. I thought he was tweeting out, let's go blues or something. I'm like, what is O.J. doing on Saturday, <laughs> appearing on Twitter? Um, then you're like, he's a blues fan? Oh, he's not that knew? bad then, right? I yeah. mean, let bygones be bygones. Yeah, we'll count that championship. O.J., by the way, follows the, um, the following accounts. Follows eight of them. He's kind of like Rich Gould. Doesn't follow too many accounts. Um, <laughs> OJ and Rich Gould in the same sentence. They both love golf. PGA Tour, speaking of golf. And USC. The USC, the Buffalo Bills, the NFL, some guy by the name of Tim Graham, who has 40,000 followers, some, some real estate guy named Justin Simpson, an attorney named Malcolm LaVerge, yeah, he might want to keep some attorney's hands. And the Heisman Trophy. Is OG going to try to get the Heisman Trophy back? Oh, you know what's scary is you play that Norm McDonald clip. I basically say it verbatim, <laughs> word for word, as I'm sitting here mouthing the words. And there's Charles Woodson. How about that? And what a season he had. Yeah. First <laughs> defensive. Right, he became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something, something that, that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife yeah. and a waiter, in oh, which case. That's wrong. He was never asked back after that, which Don is Old such Meyer a shame. Don Oldmeyer ran him off SNL. Don Oldmeyer Yeah, good friend buddies. of OJ, yes. Correct. <laughs> Careful who you mock. I'm sure Norm, like, getting fired, like, yeah, well, double murder. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Like, I'm sure firing firing Norm McDonald should be a bit. But look, Fired, yeah. Taking my briefcase, look, yeah. We brought this up either a year or a couple years ago. Remember how randomly the Bills made the playoffs? Like, a couple years somehow ago, yeah. they were nine and seven or ten and six, whatever it was. And I think OJ was in Vegas. He wasn't at the game, but he was maybe wearing Bills gear or watching the game at a bar. And all these people were taking pictures with OJ Simpson. And I get it, he's famous, but I'm just like, is that the picture you want? Are you posting that? I get it. A young person doesn't care. Hey, it's O.J. Simpson. Do you want to post a picture with a guy who murdered two people? No. Yeah. No, not at all. But everybody was doing it. I want to see, and I haven't looked at it, can I see the mentions for O.J. that follow? Yes. I can only imagine what's being said. The only silver lining. What's the silver lining of this? No, no. If I'm not mistaken. OJ killed two people. Here's the silver lining. And and this is the point. Don't the families get all his money? I believe all of his wages are garnished moving forward. Anymore. So if he makes any if he makes any money, I believe the Simpson and the Goldman family get most but of it. I that. don't think that counts the pension though. I think they were able to get that out. I don't think they can touch his NFL Hall of Fame pension. Which by the way, I think today is the twenty fifth year anniversary of the Chase. Oh, where wow. were you guys? Martin, you might remember. Chuck, I'm not sure if you will, but where were you during the O.J. Simpson chase? Martin, you're old. That's why I said that. Thank you. Chuck's a young guy. I was on the set. I was at the. We were an NBC affiliate in Rhinelander, so we were carrying it as it happens. And Bob Costas, you know, who can handle anything, is going, 
Okay, we leave now the NBA Finals here. Was it in Phoenix at the time? And they said we cut to or what? No, it would have been the Houston Knicks, Rockets. Houston Knicks, uh, Rockets, Rockets yeah. and the Knicks, wasn't it? Yeah, Rockets, yeah. Knicks, ninety four. And then they said, okay, we're going to cut live. And I think they had TV term a double box for a while. They did where the basketball was being played out, and then there's the white Bronco being followed down the highway. Uh, beyond Sir, I, we've talked to Costas about it at some point, but. I remember I was at work that night at an NBC affiliate. And what do you think OJ's relationship, if at all, is with the kids? Mm. How how weird of a dynamic is that? Well, I mean, the just silver think about lining that. is their dad's famous. <laughs> There's no silver lining there. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, for the family hey. to get any type of money, again, it's not going to bring the people back. We get that. But if all the stupid stuff that OJ does now, if, if those families get that money, it's better than nothing. What I remember about immediate aftermath of the accusation that he did it they interviewed different people and costas was one of the people interviewed this is days after the murders and his quote was something along the lines of well we all have some friends who have demons that reveal themselves he didn't say there's no way in hell he did like it was very clear he found it very plausible that this happened i remember being 12 years old i was at a basketball camp that summer the McCracken basketball camp somewhere at a little college in Michigan. Was it Quentin and McCracken? It was not Quentin McCracken. Ooh. Branch McCracken, the Branch old school, uh, right, the coach of Indiana back in the day. It was that family. Either way, Sounds nobody right. cares about that. My point is one of the counselors was a guy who played basketball and football, and he was on a, a practice squad with the Bills back in the day. And, of course, that's all anybody's talking about in the summer of 1994. And I remember we're all asking him. He's like, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did it. Wow. I mean, this is a guy who, right. who who played with Correct. OJ for a summer or a year or whatever, and he was like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Actually. Everybody had the same reaction. Yeah. Very uh, telling. Uh, career home runs for Quentin McCracken. Can you guess? Oh, this is important. People like this stuff. They like Rockies? this stuff. Rockies player? Quentin McCracken? For a while. I have no clue. I'll 64. Just, I'll say 50. 21. 29. Oh. 21 wow. home runs in his 12-year career. And finally, the Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. Tonight, Bush Stadium. They win. They do. Uh, the yeah, they win. Do, yes, it's uh, they're going to go on a run. Hell, Ravello's Triple A Marlins in town. Yes, they win. I think. Yeah, they're going to start winning some games, feeling better about themselves, and then they won't make any moves. And you guys will go nuts because they didn't make any moves. There you go. Because they're the not going to panic, Martin. They've panicked Here's before. The they're not going to panic this time. But look, the difference was the Blues didn't make any moves because at the trade deadline. Going back a couple months since Bennington was called up, they were the best team in hockey. It made sense for them not to make moves because they were rolling. Done. All right, that's the end of the day. All right, that's the end of the day. Don't forget, next week, the St. Louis Talent Show. Will DeWitts put this together. Now, a second year. It's a fundraiser, but it's also a lot of fun. I was the MC last year. Looking forward to doing it again this year. Next Wednesday, June 26th at the Sheldon Concert Hall. Great venue there right off of Grand. And what it is is the equivalent of America's Got Talent. Ten different performers will get up there. Different range of genres. You have hip-hop, rock, jazz, fusion, you name it. All these different performers will get up, and one lucky winner is getting the recording opportunity in Nashville. So you get the chance to be a part of it all. Really a great night, fundraiser, too, for a charitable organization that brings music to the inner city here in St. Louis. So go to the Sheldon.org to get those tickets. I'll be there. I think last year we just gave away a bunch of it's The DeWitt family is behind it, so we gave away just Cardinal tickets, people, a lot of door prizes, fun event, beautiful building, and it really was interesting to see these different performers uh, competing for the top prize. The Sheldon Concert Hall is where you can get those tickets. It's St. Louis Sound. 
STL Sound competition. It's taking place next Wednesday. And, Charlie, don't forget that Uncle Milty, don't forget, he is the guy to call if you have any tax issues. Mark Milton, if you're currently sideways with the IRS, if you have years of unfiled tax returns, keeping you up at night, if you're facing tax liens, bank levies, or wage garnishments, if so, you should contact former Department of, Ta- of uh, Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton at stltaxlawyer.com. Mark Milton providing a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Don't be sucked into the out-of-town tax resolution groups that you hear on the TV and radio. works right here in our area over there in Kirkwood. If you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com. Today, remember the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertising. My mom just did some quick math. She said, so Charlie is 37. Because you said you were 12, 25 mm-hmm. years ago. Still. Just turned May just 28th. Turned. Y- young guy. Young, young guy. guy. Uh, thanks, Jimmy Hewer. Thanks, everybody here at Old Hickory and Maryville University for hosting us, their annual golf outing out here in St. Peter's. The hard line is coming up next right here on 590 The Fan. Congratulations.